We've been talking in our sermons about sailing, using the image of sailing to talk about how we journey with God. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit is like the wind. And last week we talked about hoisting our sails, right? That we got to catch the wind and follow where the Holy Spirit leads. Today it's a simple message. Can't sail by yourself. You cannot sail by yourself. Now, I mean, I guess you can if you're in like a little boat. You know, if you get in a dinghy, you can sail by yourself. If you're on a little lake or a pond, you can, you can go. But if you want to sail a big ship on open seas, it takes a crew. It takes a crew. It takes a lot of people, each playing their part. It takes people knowing and having skills that they've developed and knowledge. It takes people that have gifts and abilities. Right, somebody's got to climb up to let the sail down, and other body, some, there's some other people that are like scared of heights, and I can't go up there. Right, somebody's got to be able to do some of the riskier stuff. Somebody's got to do more of the thinking and big picture stuff. We've all got to play our part. Otherwise, if you're a ship that doesn't have a crew, you're not really sailing the seas. The seas are sort of sailing you. Seals, seas are sort of pushing you place to place. You gotta have a crew, you gotta have teamwork. The Bible is actually very crew and teamwork oriented. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I, I had never thought about it this way until this week. But, but, but to start, the, our understanding of God is that God is a crew. And we believe in a trinity. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. It's kind of like God is a really, really efficient team. God made people in his image. And in the creation story, everything's good. The creation is good. The sun is good. The stars are good. Like everything is good. What's the first thing that's not good? It's not good for a man to be alone. But what does God create? God creates a coworker. He creates somebody to be with Adam and support Adam and, and share that work so that they can be partners together. In the Old Testament, God calls a man named Abraham who eventually has a family, and that family grows to be a nation, but it's always how they relate to each other. God is also always bringing messages, yes, to prophets and to kings, but always to the people. There's always a sense of team in the Old Testament. Jesus gathers 12 disciples, and they are very diverse disciples. Tax collectors would never have talked to zealots, and vice versa. These people were from all kinds of walks of life, and yet Jesus gathers them. And then, at one point, he sends them out. And does he send them out by themselves? He sends them two by two. Two by two, as a crew. They go out. They go out in teams. Paul works as a team. Read about the ministry of Paul. He's always recruiting team members. He's always got different people. He's writing to other places, and he's saying, okay, I'm going to send you Aquila and Priscilla. I mean, most of the time Paul's not sending just Timothy it's Timothy plus somebody else it's teams it's groups it's community when Paul talks about the church his image is that of a body body is many parts not all these parts have their part to play and you got to play your part or else the body suffers or if you try to if you try to play somebody else's part the body suffers or let's, let's look at this, something that Jesus said in Matthew 18. Verse 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you on earth agree 
uh, on earth agree about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Now, I don't think this is saying that when you're by yourself, God isn't with you. Okay, I think God is also with you when you're by yourself. But there's an amazing promise here. That in teams, when we get two or three people together, there's a different level of promise about God's presence. Like you can count on it. Okay, sometimes when I'm by myself, I'm not sure is God with me or is God not with me. When I start working with other people, God is definitely there. And the, 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 the presence, the, the feeling of that presence sort of rises. God honors crews. God honors teams. This is an interesting moment in history for us. We live in a society that's, that's always been incredibly individualistic. America, you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You mind your own business. Even in team sports, we know who the all-stars are. We know who gets the big contract. We are so individualistic. The thing is that the world is changing. The world is so uber-connected now. I mean, I can get in my car. I can get on a plane. I can get to about anywhere in the world. Okay, for relatively easy logistics and for not all that much money. Like, if you plan, you can get anywhere you want in the world. That is really new. Okay, 100 years ago, that was a very different proposition. Now, you can book your trip. Not only that, we can talk to people on the phone in almost any place in the world. In fact, not just talk to people, we can actually see their faces and look at how messy their kitchen is in the background. Okay? We live in a world where, like, this is the stuff that the Jetsons dreamed about. That's where we live. Okay? Where we are so connected. Where I can get on the computer and I can order products directly from companies all around the world. Of course, of course there's a downside of that, too. Right? A, a, a trip up in another economy can really be a stumble in the United States economy. A virus from another country can suddenly shut down everything over here. So our connections like good and bad, but whether it is, whether you look at it from a positive perspective, a negative perspective, you can't deny how connected our world is. How wildly connected our world is. There's a Jewish parable by, a, by Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. It's of a group of people that are in a boat. They're all in this boat, and this one person in the boat gets out a drill and begins to drill a hole in the boat underneath of them, or underneath of him. And somebody says, what are you doing over there? And the person says, well, what business is it of yours? I'm drilling underneath of myself. To which the people in the boat said, yeah, but the water's going to cover all the boat. We are all in the same boat, everybody. We are all in the same world. We are all breathing the same air. And what happens in this boat happens to everybody. And now in this world more than ever, we should have a sense of that. You cannot just look at what's happening in your world and try to pretend like the rest of the world doesn't matter 
Because if we start leaking water over there, eventually water comes here. We have to understand that we are all part of a, of a world, of a globe. We're all on the same big round ball, everybody. And we have got to get this sense of that. That means that the world has become both more local. We have to be aware of the places right here. But also more global. We can be and should be more aware of the world around the globe. Uh, some people are calling it, we live in a global world. A more global and a more local world. More than ever, being a follower of Jesus then re- 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 involves two things. And you've been hearing about them in what was already said and what I'm saying now. Two things that the church has got to pay attention to. Collaboration and partnership. Collaboration and partnership. Collaboration means we work together. We work together. We fit together. Like Paul said, we're all parts of the body and you have to play your role. And those roles have to fit together. Listen, you, you can't just come to church and consume church and then leave. You've got to find your part. You got to find your place. You got to use your gifts. And even the parts of the church. It used to be that all the parts of the church could have like their own little silo. Okay, this is the youth ministry silo. And we just keep our kids over here because they're loud and we want them there. Right? And then we have our missions and missions is here and, and worship is over here. We had like a committee for each silo that sort of managed that. No, like that's all on one boat. And so we not only do you need to find your place, but all the places need to find their fit with each other. The crew's got to work together. Your job may not be the sales, but if we get into a storm, you may have to go be on the sales a little bit. Like it's not enough to just know your job. You got to know how your job fits and you got to be able to help out where it's necessary. That's part of being a part of the crew. Also, it requires partnerships. Collaborate not just with each other, but around the world, around the globe. It used to be that ministry got started in the session. Our ministry got started in the presbytery. They would do the sending and we would start a homeless ministry. That is not how ministry happens anymore, everybody. Okay, it's just too complicated. Why don't we? But that's, that's also the beauty. We don't have to start a homeless ministry. We're going to find one and then jump on board. We don't have to send missionaries and co-workers. Uh, we, we can partner with ones that are already working. And that is what actually Presbyterian Missions has already figured out. Like, why would we just send a, a missionary in? Let's, let's send a co-worker to actually fill a need that they feel like they have. That way we're not just bringing our knowledge and our Jesus, but we're recognizing the Holy Spirit's already there. Let's find out what's happening there. And that is so important. One of the benefits of that, by the way, is that you can learn from that. Okay, You don't have to go to South Sudan to find people that need reconciliation. Okay, I can point them out to you a giant eagle this afternoon. Okay, You don't need to go to Africa to find refugees because some of them have ended up here. Right? These people are here. We, we are missionaries now. We are, we are co-workers. And so we've got to start thinking that way. This is, this is, a, this is kind of radical, but it's, it's how ministry is going to get done in the future. Presbytery is not going to start ministries. Sessions not going to start ministries. It's going to be partnering with other ministries. It's going to be more grassroots. That's how it has to be.
I remember, uh, remember I was working in a church. It wasn't this church. Okay, I was working in a church and we were sending money to a missionary. And uh, we, we, got, we, we got a letter from this missionary saying, thank you for your support over the years, but you can cease to send me money. I retired two years ago. That was very nice of her to send that. But it also was like a problem, right? That we as a church weren't even connected with our missionary enough to know that she had retired two years prior. Okay? Everybody, that's not partnership. Okay? That's financing. Partnership means we know who our missionaries are. We know who these agencies are. We know who we're involved in because we are meeting them, because we are hearing from them. And in this connected world, that is easier than ever. We can get emails from these people. We can send emails. We can do Zoom Bible studies. We can have missionaries here. But you know what? The missionaries don't even have to be here. They can Zoom call in and pray for us during church. I mean, there's so much more we could be doing globally, also locally. Hearing from some of the partners that we have here in town. So we're not just financing, but they're actually partners. That's the beauty. That's the opportunity that we have that I'm hoping we as a church can keep building on because that helps them clearly. If we finance and we pray for them, that helps them. But I'm telling you, it helps us too. Helps us learn how to be missionaries, how to build our faith. They need prayers, they need partners, but we need those things too. Jesus told us to go into all the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. That means be close to home and be far away. That means global and local. We cannot do that alone. Some of you are not traveling to South Sudan. Maybe some of us will. But some of you could could pray and some of you could connect and some of you could be aware of what like we all got to find our place and we got to do that as a church we got to work together we got to be part of the crew let's pray lord teach us to work together captain us into this world help us to navigate our way to partnership and relationship to bring glory to Jesus Christ our Lord in all we do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.